Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to BCC in 3 Talk. So glad to have you along with us on this episode of This Week in Web 3. We are going to be talking about the Consensus 2023 event that happened last week here in Austin, Texas. And with me as always is my co-writer at BCC in 3, Keegan King. And uh, Keegan, how are you this week? Doing pretty good. Uh, doing better than uh, all the people helping out Daniel Allegri right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard, but right after like consensus happened, you know, he did his little speech, got some people hyped up and then his like all his Twitter accounts and social media accounts just got like hacked. This I did not hear like, that. Oof. Yeah. He's like, Hey guys, I'm the new CEO for Yuga Labs. What's good? And then he gets hacked. Yikes. <laughs> no I'm bueno. doing better than that guy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, well, he uh, he was he was at consensus, and uh, yeah, he gave a gave an interview live on uh, a competitor platform, and uh, that sponsored it. Uh, quick Google search will tell you who, and but we noticed, um, and, and it was talked about uh, by several of the people that interviewed that uh, there was a noticeable lack of staking and yield farming companies at consensus 2023 compared to consensus 2022 which was uh, evidently very crowded very hard to get around this year was more uh, subdued and uh, not real surprising when you think about 2022 and uh, many of those companies don't exist anymore so um, interesting, interesting how the market changes. Um, I think what's really funny is how a lot of those projects like failed, but we still see some of these NFT projects that, you know, everyone's calling scams probably yeah. hasn't changed. You know, the business models aren't necessarily better, but the fact that they exist and a lot of these like staking and yield, you know, or even just full on exchanges don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like, gee, I thought I thought these NFTs were were a joke the entire time, but uh, it's like they're still around compared to you know some of these you know like real Web three businesses that we thought were legitimate. Yeah, uh, it 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 really it is. <laughs> it's pretty sad to say when you, your your company is worse off than an NFT project after yeah the crypto winter about that for a second yeah, they they survived and we didn't but we're a big exchange we're I yeah mean, it's like this the, the jpegs yeah the the jpegs that nobody wanted it's, yeah it's funny mm. that you see that happening you know like so many scams and things around nfts and here we are consensus a year later and it just seems like you know as dumb as they are there's just so much stuff that has been worse. And a lot of that, I really do think, I think staking had some issues. And I think one of the biggest ones is people don't want to wait, you know, 
Mm-hmm. So, oh, I can stake. Oh, that's cool. It gives me a lot of rewards. Oh, cool. You know, I got to hold it for like two years. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> in crypto, two years is basically two millenniums. Yeah, uh, really. You know, that... people want to, it'll take maybe like two hours, two days, yeah. maybe. Yeah, of course. Many of those trusted companies, trusted, quote unquote, you know, Voyager, Celsius, 3AC that were in business last spring uh, crashed precipitously right after, of course, Terra, which basically the crash of Terra began the domino falling uh, avalanche uh, into the crypto winter. It was the, uh, the, the ignition of all that. So yeah, there was a noticeable lack of staking and yield farming there. Of course, who wants to bet in crypto? And that's pretty much as we've said many times on this show, it's just gambling. Um, at, at that point, it's, uh, it's gambling because unlike investing, there is no, and people will disagree with this, but there is really no fundamentals that you can make a solid decision with. It's, it's not examining and researching a stock that is, built on a commodity that can be used in various different ways. It's a blue chip for about 18 hours and then it falls just like Pepe uh, bonk. All well, of Pepe hasn't really about. fallen, right? It's still, it's still going up. And I, I think that's kind of something to say about meme coins is it, it definitely does have that gambling spirit behind it is you know yeah let's just put a bunch of money into memes and see where that takes us and i mean it's not like pepe meme coins are improving pepe memes right you know pepe memes have been around for a decade now oh yeah and they kind of just do whatever they want you know we've we've there are people out there that say it's a sentient meme which is kind of funny but almost kind of true in a way that only Pepe memes can be. Um, and we, of course, we saw the Doge. And, and it's definitely, it's confusing because, you know, then you put it next to coins with real fundamentals behind them, mm-hmm. um, which do feel like solid investments. And, you know, you just, you don't see the same results. Um, but it always seems like the negatives are just as bad, but the positives are just sort of all over the place. Um, so it, it is really confusing. Uh, NFTs are definitely probably the worst at it, you know, mm-hmm. beyond meme coins and shit coins. NFTs really just, they, they, they make you want to believe that there is something behind the curtains when in most cases there isn't, um, yeah. where a lot of these coins are just kind of upfront about that. Like <laughs> we're just a coin. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because it's fungible, you know, you can make more of them. It can be less burdensome for investors because you can just swap them out. Whereas NFTs, you have to actually sell it. Um, <clears throat> so I think there's a big difference there. And also with staking, I mean, with, with these companies, you know, just falling apart left and right, you know, you don't want to put money in any protocol that gets locked up. Uh, you know, that, that just kind of sounds like, like financial suicide right now. I mean, imagine, you, I mean, if you had money staked in some form, you know, through FTX and then, you know, you wake up the next day and everything's gone. 
you're probably not going to want a steak ever again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing that again. I don't know if FTX necessarily offered staking, but it's just an example I'm giving. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it is, it's kind of ridiculous. And staking does kind of take away the decentralization aspect of crypto. You know, because, oh, it's your money. It's your custody. It's yours. It belongs to you. Okay, great. So I'm going to give it to you to make bigger magically. You know, that's not that's not decentralization. You, it's like, okay, great. I have I have total ownership of my of my wealth. Now I'm going to give it to somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's like, it's like you get a paycheck from your job, and the first thing you do is blow it off at a casino. Yeah, You're like wait, a <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? It- so, yeah, you know, staking in some forms makes sense, right? If you're staking to make a node, to make a validator, mm-hmm. to expand the network, you know, to really actually, you know, its intended purpose. But if it's just these magic, you know, percentages that kind of don't have any basis to them, uh, yeah, it's probably for the best that they're not a consensus, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no point in promoting those companies anymore, Um which I think is indicative of what they really were, which was we had no utility. We were a casino. Uh, what, what you did see at Consensus was a lot of layer two and even now layer three companies. Um, blockchains built on, on, other, on other blockchains. Uh, Aurora built on the near protocol. Um, I'm Yellow. curious what this layer three, I heard this in one of your articles, what layer three? So it uses... We haven't even done with Layer 2 yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're into <laughs> Web 4, Web 5 already. Yeah, what's um, going on? My understanding is basically it's a channel through which they can channel transactions um, on a sub on a sub layer. So that the entire thing, the entire project is built on... I think that one's built on Ethereum. So they're blockchain is built on that then they have a separate protocol through which they channel uh cryptocurrencies into uh one fiat currency uh it's a it, yellow is an exchange um it's beyond my technical knowledge i'm not a blockchain engineer but they essentially like funnel circle <laughs> oh it sounds like so a they they, yeah. they take all this crypto so they turn fiat into crypto and then they turn the crypto into fiat Basically, that's that's my understanding of it. They basically can formulate it together so that um, on a on a third rail, in order to uh, validate it, and I'm sorry, they don't turn it into fiat. They turn it into uh, one cryptocurrency, and from that cryptocurrency, you can exchange it for fiat. So it basically is a oh. funnel to manage your wallet in a more streamlined way. Um, now I'm it's, curious. It's a type because, of exchange. So, you know, a lot of these Web3 businesses are so quick to label anything to make them sound, themselves sound different. Like we got uh, Jack Dorsey's over here like, oh, we're on Web5. Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just the dumbest thing. He's like, I'm not even going to do Web4. I'm going straight to Web5 because that's going to be hot. That's going to sell. 
Yeah. Is this some layer three? Is this something just one group told you about at consensus, or is this something you heard a few times? I have had heard about layer three before. Yellow is basically a peer to peer network that does uh, this like cross chain crypto liquidity. So on their website, Yellow Network is a layer three peer to peer network that uses state channel technology to securely exchange liquidity and facilitate trading, clearing, settlement, and compliance. So they basically. Is it just them bringing this up, or is there other companies also saying? We're getting to layer three. There weren't that I n- knew of at consensus when I was there. I didn't see anybody else doing layer three. Uh, so yeah, they see, were pretty like, unique. That's, that just kind of sounds to me is, you know, this is just another instance of a web three company just making things up. Uh, just, you know, trying to get those buzzwords in. You know, we've seen it so many times in the past. And here we are. Yeah, we're on layer three now. And, you know, now I'm kind of curious you know, is when are we going to get the other company to say layer three? And if their definition isn't the same, yeah. you know, we're over here like, no, we got layer three. They don't even know what layer three is. This is actual layer three. And you know what I mean? It's just, it is, that happens in this space so much, especially with NFTs is you start to see these like weird terms just get thrown around just because they'll stick. People will be like, Oh, layer two, but these people are on layer three. This, so they're going to 10 X way quicker. And it just kind of has that, vibe behind it and i don't think it's a good thing you know we already went through all this sort of snake oil salesman stuff in 2021 and 2022 came right after it you know are we doing this again well i think it's a i think like it's like you say it's a branding thing they're they're using the term as a a brand to separate themselves but basically with cross-chain liquidity um there are like you said circle i think does that um or, or a version of that where you can basically uh, stake from one protocol to another. Uh, Yellow is a peer-to-peer network, so it's it runs similarly, but um, but you know they're separating themselves and and uh, they have a good team behind them. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting seeing more peer-to-peer networks, more blockchains, more sub-layer companies out there that are not um, <laughs> staking in yield farming. Um, yeah, you know, that's which is, is, as it should boring. Be. You know, st- staking and yield farming are boring. Um, and Especially when you lose <laughs> all your money. A, yeah, and I think this is a classic example, you know, layer three. Yeah. You know, crypto investors want the hottest thing on the market at that moment. You know, they don't they don't want yesterday's leftovers. No. And when you hear things like layer three, web five, you know, people are like take all my money. <laughs> 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 That's just kind of how it comes off. You know, now this we've we've all decided, hey, staking is, you know, for yesterday. Uh, you know, we just got over NFTs. Next thing's going to be is you know innovation you know layer three uh kind of stuff i mean if they if they pull it off good on them but you know it's it is concerning when you hear this excessive marketing speak because i think it does get to the point where a lot of the investors don't even know what half the stuff is anymore you know because <laughs> oh this isn't like the technical definition of web3 this is the marketing definition and i'm i'm, I'm just after 2022 i think every investor is 
hesitant. Uh, you know, I'm, what was the vibe at Consensus? Was it was it still just, hey, we're in crypto, we we hit the jackpot, or, or were people very much, um, you know, twenty twenty two just just left us all in shock? No, it was much more. Well, there was some of that, of course, but there was uh, much more emphasis on blockchain and Web three than there was on DeFi at all or crypto. Um, there were certainly companies there that had their own coin or native crypto, but uh, that was not pushed. It was much more of the utility of blockchain technology um, for all kinds of things. I mean, from you know documentation and record keeping and ownership, identity, security. There was even a company there somehow uses blockchain for uh, accounting um, at, at like a very high level. Uh, there's all these kinds of uh, new applications for it. Um, and then Web3 Gaming as well. Uh, to hear that interview with uh, Anastasia Bobeshko, she is the head marketer of uh, Yellow Network and uh, viewers can go listen to that one on BCC and 3 Talk. Uh, she explains it a lot better than I just did. <laughs> but um, there, there was much more emphasis on kind of the Web3 decentralization. Um, there was a lot of talk about regulation, regulatory things. There was a lot of criticism of Gary Gensler, uh, as well there should be. And um, how, how did the regulation talks go? Because, I mean, you're in the middle of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, these regulations from, aren't popular yeah. in that state. <laughs> well, they, they had people from all over the world there. Um, I interviewed two people from U- Ukraine. Anastasia was one of them. Um, yeah, they had people from all over. Uh, Gary Gensler does not have a good reputation, as you might imagine. Um, I interviewed Wendy O, who is uh, on the hash uh, program over at CoinDesk. And um, I asked her about now the implications of Gensler's lack of clarity on what is a digital, is a digital asset a security? And he can't even tell Congress whether Ethereum is a security or not, or Ether. Well, now it's coming back to bite investors because Do Kwan's lawyers have now latched onto that and said, well, Terra... UST really wasn't a quote-unquote currency. So therefore, we want the SEC to drop their charges of this fraudulent use of a currency when it wasn't a currency. And Gary Gensler, it's his own fault because he never would clarify that. Anyway, that's the case they're making. Whether it goes through or not is another discussion. But the point is, Gary Gensler has potentially very much hurt investors uh, who lost so big in Terra because he continues to act like he doesn't know what he's doing, whether he does or doesn't, I don't know, but we need somebody better heading the SEC. Was there anyone there that at consensus that was kind of like, I don't want regulation? Oh yeah, there was, yeah, there were, there were people there. Um, Cause I haven't really it, heard that's, but- that side of the argument a whole lot, you know, oh, it seems like everyone, it. everyone wants regulations, everyone, but it's like, everyone wants different regulations. I'm just kind of curious because what, I mean, if we just talk about Bitcoin only, right. You, what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to, yeah. you're going to regulate the having, 
Are you, are you going to change the lottery system? What are you really going to do? You can't regulate something like that. Right. You can regulate your ability to access it and, you know, to purchase things with it probably. I think that's where but they're the going to go the, with it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's yeah. fully decentralized. Web three, not so much. You know, arguments can be made that Ethereum isn't decentralized, especially right. after the DAO hack and the whole fork to what they're on now. Yeah. Um, but we're just not seeing that guy come out and say, yo, regulations are terrible. We never want to use them. Uh, you know, like we get people that, that are trying to manipulate regulations, right? Like SBF, you know, and his mm-hmm. $40 billion uh, donation to the Democrat party. And now we got, you know, Warren out here trying to completely remove crypto from the U.S. You got Joe Biden wanting to put 30% taxing on mining. And so, you know, that $40 billion donation doesn't really seem like a donation. It seems like, hey, hey, shut down the business that made me rich, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which just seems so suicidal. Uh, yeah. But we're it, not seeing that guy come out and say, I don't want any regulations at all on anything. Stay away from my crypto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, SBF, that was, uh, SBF was trying to crush his competition. He was trying to find yeah, ways yeah, to exactly. leave FTX, isolate FTX, but crush Binance and whoever but else. I'm, I'm curious is what, what, you know, who are the people that want to argue against regulations? Because they don't seem to exist. Well, I don't it think seems... they, yeah, I shouldn't say they, they, they argue against regulations at all. It is more about the, how it is regulated. Um, yeah. The um, executive of the, of an organization called blockchain Australia was there. And he was saying, we've really been waiting for the U S to set regulations, to establish a global precedent. U um, S hasn't done that because we're all listening to Elizabeth Warren talk intelligently about hanging art on a wall. And we basically have, have left it up to Europe at this point with the MICA laws and all of that, which is a good structure to begin with. And, um, that's good. Micah is setting the precedent for crypto regulation uh, for the world at large, but um, it's mainly how it's regulated. Um, as you say, with Bitcoin, they can only regulate kind of the front end. They can say, oh, I don't know how they would do it, but yeah, it would be, you can spend it here, but not here. Uh, something like that. They would try to impose restrictions, but as for the back end, how you get it, how it's mined, how it's halved, all of that. I don't see how they could. They could. Yeah, you can't really sneak in a little U.S. tax code into the into the open source on that yeah, one. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's interesting because we're not seeing anyone argue against crypto regulations, and yeah. I do. Well, I, I entrepreneurs people, want to. They want to know, like, yeah. what are the rules? Because I don't want to end up like Ripple with you idiots at the SEC retroactively doing your uh, enforcement by regulation nonsense where they come in, they approach you retroactively and say, oh, well, you didn't it, you didn't declare this a security 10 years ago, so therefore you're breaking the law. Well, it wasn't a law back then. <laughs> you can't retroactively yeah, but... do that. And so entrepreneurs don't want to get into Ripple's where Ripple is at right now. So they want regulation. Regulation is good. It's 
it's just um, the concern is the degree to which it goes. Of course, that's the other argument. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a little sideways from what I'm saying, though. Is you know, there there's not really a voice out there just saying we don't want any of this. And yeah, when you don't have that balance, that other side of the the debate, you know, things can get skewed pretty quickly, because you know, if we don't have anyone to say, hey. Uh, this the whole concept is be de- 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 decentralized, right? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is no U.S. government. There is no legal laws in crypto, or at least in Bitcoin. Uh, get out! But we're not seeing that. We're not seeing that foot being put down by really anybody. Yeah. And it's interesting because you know when are people going to start saying, "Hey, wait, can we can we get some of that back?" Uh, because I mean, again, forty billion dollar donation. Right. Look, we're already seeing the the, the effects of that. Uh, we're right. seeing Warren, Biden, all these other people on the Democrats, you know, really clamp down hard on this. And then we see DeSantis on the other side, and he's like, "Yo, CBDCs, no, no bueno. We don't want that stuff." Right. And and so it's like it's just this line is getting right there in the middle, this yeah. real deep political line, and you know, it's it's just mounting all on one side. Now, I'm not yeah. saying DeSantis is going to be that guy to be, you know, this is a decentralized concept. This stays away from American or anyone's laws. And certainly, I don't think he's, I, I think you shouldn't vote with your wallet on that, that guy. That guy's kind of a nutcase. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoy my First Amendment right. That's all right. Florida. That's <laughs> perfectly entitled. People in Florida don't seem to. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, first is more important. Uh, but that's what I'm getting at is, you know, it, there's not a healthy two-sided debate here. You know, the, the, the yeah. whole debate is just how are the regulations supposed to be enforced? Yeah. Not really just regulations or no regulations. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious how that's going to affect the future because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, a lot of people in ETH and Web3, you know, they don't, they don't really probably see the same significance that the people that are in Bitcoin see, right? You know, there's that, right. that divide, you know, Bitcoin is separates itself from everything else. Yeah. And the people that are only in the ETH side and the web three side, they probably don't really fully understand the significance of decentralization. And yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, you know, when, when, where is that argument going to kind of begin? Cause it's kind of flared up. And then ETH came out and everyone's like, well, there's more money in ETH right now. Yeah, I think I think it's it's very messy right now. I wrote an article a few weeks ago about decentralization being a red herring. I think a lot of the problem is the words that we're using in this space. Nobody knew what the word fungible meant until NFTs came out two years ago or got sure. big. Nobody, everybody's using the term DeFi. Well, it's not decentralized when it's owned or created by a central company. I mean, we like we have to get back to the fundamentals of what we're actually talking about. And I think once we can clarify that, I think that kind of thing needs to get cleared up, the language. And then we can more easily talk about, you know, whether that should be regulated or not. With regulation, it no, it should not be there shouldn't be government oversight in the sense of uh, government oversight is not needed in Bitcoin. That's the thing. 
you don't there that's the whole point of DAOs. Exactly. That's the whole point of DAOs, which DAOs can be manipulated as well, as we saw with Do Kwan, who owned 51% of the wallets. Not, they're not in but, the yeah. Bitcoin network. There are no DAOs in Bitcoin. Right. There's no DAOs in Bitcoin. But um, yeah, we saw those with Do Kwan, with Terra. That, that, that's kind of what they attempt to do yeah. in the Web3 side of things, though, is offer that sort of governance. Uh, so and if anybody should govern it, it should be the owners of the coin. Which is the point of a DAO, but for for just to have the government come in and say, "Well, we're going to regulate it so that investors don't get hurt," well, then regulate it. Don't leave it unclear, and then have Do Kwan's lawyers mount a rather plausible case <laughs> to have your charges dismissed against him, or have you know uh, it's stupid. this guy at the SEC in total cahoots with an yeah. SEO of a business that's not even. Based in America. Exactly. You know, it's again, I've, we've talked about this before, but if you're taking advice about regulations from people who are not going to abide by them because they, you know, willingly and successfully move their company outside of your jurisdiction, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's going to be some issues here. And that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, Coinbase now. Coinbase is thinking, hey, if SEC keeps playing, you know, like this, we're just going to leave the United States. And we're seeing a lot of politicians start to kind of get pissed off about that because, hey, whether you like crypto or not, these are jobs. Yeah. And you're you're just happily, you know, pushing them outside the United States uh, to no one's benefit. Yeah. And if they stay in the United States, then, you know, they're going to they're going to be more sound, more structured because we have, you know, just higher standards for our business. Mm hmm. Uh, and it is getting a little frustrating. It is frustrating that we can't see this innovation, you know, continue to grow here. And we, and we, you know, we just see everything on all these tiny little islands all over the place where yeah. they can avoid taxes. Yeah. The Caribbean is a very centralized place for decentralized companies. Uh, I wouldn't mind living there, but, you know, it's. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But <laughs> <laughs> you can open it, center in San Francisco, and then. then work yeah. on it from the Caribbeans, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. clear you know, these people are avoiding one, they're they're doing it to their own benefit, but they're also avoiding just a dumpster fire of legality right now in the United States. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that just, hey Gary, uh why were you in bed with SBF this entire time instead of listening to Brian Armstrong, mm-hmm. who, you know, has been running us a, a clean company since what, 2013, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, he was he was in bed with uh, SBF trying to get uh, regulations pushed. Uh, it looks like SBF was sort of well, he was a consultant basically under the radar with the SEC, uh, consulting them on regulation. But it was to his benefit, of course, obviously. But so this, you know. The case against him, it'll go to trial in October. Who knows? But the entire thing, of course, blew up when FTX folded. And um, yeah, man. So you know, I guess it's a mess. With that, what I'm getting at is, I just think it's. I'm just curious, kind of how the the conversation about regulations. I mean, one, you're in Austin, right? Which is already a blue island in a red state. True. But then you're in Texas, which is, 
yeah. you know, the deepest red is you're going to get in the United States and you know, next to like Florida at the moment, <laughs> you know, it's just the conversation about regulations and like that strange yeah. little place. Right. You know, this, you got like a, a red dot and a blue dot and a red dot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the blueberry and the tomato soup. Yeah. It's, right. Uh, yeah. And but then, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, t- Texas doesn't it typically does not No, it's, uh, small government, you know, all of that, um, with the bit deer, um, mining farm that just opened up in Rockdale, I think, uh, which isn't too far from Austin, um, is kind of the latest thing to see much more of the, um, well, I guess that was a national regulation against them, but they of course had that, that hit piece written about them by the New York times and, um, oh, they're doing all these things. Oh, they're, again, it's the old adage of the environment, you know, they're hurting the environment and that kind of thing, um, which is a totally other different topic. But the point being, as far as regulating a company like that, um, one of the reasons they came to Texas, um, as well as other companies is, I mean, number one, they don't have any state income tax. So there's, there's that very attractive. Um, they do have high property tax to make up for it, but there's no state income tax. So after 2022, I don't think many people in crypto made income. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't don't have yeah. to worry about that one for yeah. a while. I haven't. Yeah. Those charts <laughs> from 2022, I haven't seen that many falling candles since Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, it man. was a bad time. Um, yeah. still coming out of it, but yeah, I mean, as, as far as Texas is, I think they're, yeah, they're wanting to get away from overall. I mean, this is economy wide, you know, they don't like regulation. I don't know that really crypto specific or even web three specific there. Uh, I'm sure businesses are coming here for that purpose, but, um, it's not to any large degree, any larger degree than, the market adoption of web three totally, you know, across the board right now, which is limited because it's so nascent. So. I mean, we'll yeah, see compared to California, I mean, I out here you think, you think the Silicon Valley would be like, Oh, this is tech next yeah. thing in tech. But a lot of them it's web two, right? It's web two tech. And so here it's, it's not only like regulations, but it's also just like, yeah, we don't want you guys taking away our business model with this oh, sure. Web three thing, you know. Yeah, they don't have any. They don't have consensus twenty twenty three in Silicon Valley. There's nothing really that happens in the Bay Area like around no. crypto. Sure, I mean we got like Coinbase is kind of like, you know, sorta headquartered in San Francisco. Uh, you know, Andreessen Horowitz invests in a lot of different stuff. Uh, there's another one I can't remember. I can't Peter Thiel, he's in LA. He's, I think he's uh, done some Web three investment, Metaverse or something. Aptos, you know, they're they're centered in yeah. Aptos, California, next to Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's companies here, but there's not like events. You right. know, what I mean, I mean, there's some in LA, but you know, there might be like a few small things in San Francisco, but it's not to like that same degree. And you know, it really does seem like. You know, Silicon Valley itself is kind of like, hey, we have the talent to do this stuff, but we're not really sure we like the product because it sort of takes away from our current product. So it's, you know, it's just interesting. You know, we got all these 
arguments about regulations, you know, over here in California, they're probably like, well, you know, we, we regulate a little bit so we can keep our web two stuff going, you know, over in Austin, like, yeah, but you know, we want to kind of keep it open. It, it's just, it just seems like another layer yeah. to kind of this, you know, left, right sort of thing. And it's, it's interesting to see where this, this debate is going to continue going and it's really going to be focused on how much money people start making. Uh, people started making a bunch of money in crypto in 2021. And then all of a sudden everyone wanted to, to regulate it and tax it and, you know, get all these things. You know, no one, I mean, people talked about it a little bit in like 2018, but you know, it wasn't on most politicians' minds. Uh, unless they're invested yeah. in it. Well, I think the broader picture here is that blockchain technology, the, if there's actual decentralization, decentralization is, it it goes hand in glove with the broader deglobalization that's going on uh, more broadly. Right. Uh, that's that's been going on for probably the last ten years or so, if not more. But blockchain go it just goes right in dovetails into get rid of these regulations. You know, stop trying to you know regulate what fruit we can buy in in this and that european country because of what they say in brussels and it's it's sort of that kind of thing it's uh people don't want to be micromanaged even though the internet allows for them to be kind of micromanaged because of right there's so much surveillance and things like that i think people are wanting to get away from that deglobalization has been going on economically blockchain is a perfect uh partner to that uh so i, I think, think that's going on like a like a in in that same line you know deglobalization decentralization but i also think privatization right because now you have the ability to create your own currency and for whatever reason i mean if, if you're a business that that sees value in that you can kind of do that now whether it's offer it to customers or give it to employees you know you can now privatize your currency and just take it a step away. I mean, imagine if Apple, right? They're like, you know what? We're we're going to transcend borders. We're Apple. <laughs> we're just we're global. Everyone knows yeah. us. We're we're no longer in the United States. We're Apple, and here's our new Apple Coin. Yeah. Right. You know, use Apple Coin to buy stuff on the Apple Store. Yeah. And you know, this is the value to a dollar, and you can trust it because we're Apple. <laughs> yeah you know our apple coin is pegged to iphone sales uh <laughs> you know right exactly you know something like that this ability to privatize you know kind of it's like taking that deglobalization to the extreme right right you know now yeah. i'm not i'm not connected to any country i'm not connected to any dollar i'm connected to my business yeah and we're just locating all the countries that are cool with it uh, and and if you listen to the Bitcoin maxis, um, there's uh, there is a heavy heavy sentiment around that. Let me be my own sovereign individual. I don't want, or I'll have multiple passports so that I have options of where I want to live, where I want to pay taxes. Um, I'm not tied down to like you say. I'm not tied down to any country. Um, there's also the the interesting uh, aspect of blockchain. Um, I interviewed. Anthony Morrow at, uh, he's the uh, managing director at Provenance Blockchain. And they're, one of the things they're doing is showing, prove, they're proving, Provenance, proving where a particular physical asset has come from. So if 
somebody wants to say, I don't want to purchase anything that's been made in a sweatshop by miners, um, which I'm sure most of the things. That... It doesn't mean crypto miners. It doesn't mean crypto miners. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, then I can know that because I can see on a blockchain where this particular commodity has, has been produced and uh, how it's been shipped and packaged and all that. To many people, that's that's kind of another aspect of um, taking back ownership of of what they want to of what they want to have in their life, and uh, blockchain does provide that to a degree. So it's it definitely has this like individualized, um, privatized, and it is it does get into the political aspect of it, but um, it's. It's not to say it's it's not to be an anarchist or something like that. To say, oh, just get rid of all government. Uh, although there, I'm, there are many that would that would say that. I would not. But not the Bitcoin maxis or anarchists at all. But there are some that uh, perhaps have been a little more vocal than others. Um, anyway. All of that will be at various different conferences, and uh, so we'll keep tabs on those. But we'll leave it there as I muddle my way out of that hole. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We made it this far in the video. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. (laughs) We made it this far. I don't know. It's been a long event. It was. It was. uh, It was great, but it was. uh, It was a tiring week. Um, On to the next one. Off to the next one in two weeks. We'll be at Bitcoin Miami and uh, reporting live from under a palm tree on South Beach. So we'll see. It'll be humid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Keegan, thank you so much for joining in. And uh, we will see you here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, next time on uh, This Week in Web 3 on BCC in 3 Talk. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at bccn3 underscore media and subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk. <laughs>